This is the Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk about retail, business, and all things related to the hot tub industry. I'm Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. And I'm Jeff Bailey, owner of Spring Dance Hot Tubs in Philadelphia. episode of the Spa Retailer Podcast is brought to you by Marquee. Megan, how are you? Oh, man. It has been a crazy uh, couple months, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it has. Yeah, and it's picking up. It's uh, gaining speed in our industry. That's for sure. It's getting getting busy. Yeah, it's that time of year where I stop hearing back from people. <laughs> where <laughs> you will have to, you know, we used to take, you know, one email and now it takes five. <laughs> So <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll happen this time of year. So definitely, um, as things are flying around the country, it's an interesting topic we have today, for sure. Yeah, I've yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this because, um, and actually, this story idea came out of a conversation that you and I had quite a while ago, just about how freight had been had become kind of a problem, and it's taking longer, it was costing more, and so we kind of dove into it. And now we have a guest on today who's actually a specialist in uh, shipping and intermodal transportation. And so I'm really excited to have him on. Well, that's for sure. I'll tell you what, the intermodal had uh, has saved me just uh, a ton of money over the, over the years. And it was interesting. And I'm sure we'll find out as we talk to him that when regular freight went way up this past year, intermodal still held. So it'll be interesting to see why it did that. Of course, right now we're dealing with all this flooding in the Midwest and I'm nervous that I'm going to be getting an email any day saying, hey, your truckloads of spas are delayed because there's tracks that are washed out. I saw that on the news the other night. So it'd be interesting to get a live update on what's what's actually going on and how that will affect us and those who use intermodal. So how do you, I mean, how do you usually go about ordering spas? Are you guys ordering, you know, by I'm going to say truckload, but, you know, <laughs> by the container, I guess. It is. You know what? It, it, obviously, these are truckloads, right? Because they, they, they're the same trailers you see running all around the highways. Um, right. They just detach, right? So they, it's for those who don't know, you have this container that they bring to wherever you're getting your, your hot tubs or anything for that matter, anything that's shipping. And then they they bring that and then they fill it up and you, you know, in my case, I pay one flat rate for that trailer to come across the country, but it's picked up by tractor trailer, taken to a yard where it gets put on a train, comes across the country, and then is unloaded, in my case, the Philadelphia area, and then brought up to my store by truck. It's pretty efficient. It takes a few more days than if you were doing it with, you know, a tractor trailer, but uh, we don't always have that I mean, the the difference in price savings has always been better, and uh, right now is is uh, a lot of you know even more savings. And when I say savings, I mean as much as as much as fifty thousand dollars a year in savings. So it's wow. it's giant. Yeah, that's significant. Are these spas all for the most part custom ordered by your customers? I mean, what's your process? Do you take an order and then send it to Watkins, and then once you have enough to fill a container? It comes or what do you, how you guys, what's kind of the process like for you? We actually have a template that allows us to put, it's a, it's an Excel spreadsheet that allows us to fill a truck. So we can actually put the units that we need and then we 
we, we drag them over, put them in the container so we know. On average, we can get about 12 on a truck. If they turned them on their side, you might be able to get 15. And if you're getting a lot of small stuff, you could get 20. But um, mm -hmm. most of the spas we sell, uh, they stack them too high, and it's about six deep. So you have about 12 spas. So we, we start to build an order. And when we get to when we get to eight or nine, then we can just put three on for stock. And that seems to work where we can just turn them over. So we, we, we like to order a, a truckload at a okay. time. So that's how we buy it in, in the truckload quantities. It is more difficult for dealers that sell less spas. A lot of guys in the pool business will sell less spas, but they, they're so busy with pools, it's hard to keep up. So I would imagine much much of the country just uses over the road. So today we have Doug Punzel on with us. He's the president of Celtic Intermodal. Um, he's been, he's worked more than three decades in uh, the transportation in industry. Uh, he's been with Celtic since 2014. And so we are really excited to have him on the podcast today. I mean, we um, we all know that that shipping and trucking and freight is a is a big issue for many industries right now in the hot tub industry included. Um, and thank you, Doug, so much for being on with us. You're welcome. Look forward to it. Jeff, this is the this is the company that you use to get your hot tubs, right? That is correct. Yes. Before we hop in, Doug, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the transportation industry? I started a long time ago, so it's, I figured it out last uh, a little bit ago that I've been in. I've been working for forty years. So I started when I was in high school at Schneider National, a uh, trucking company that's based in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Went to college uh, while uh, working, kind of worked my way up over the years. I was with Schneider for on two stints for about 30 years in all sorts of different areas of transportation, but uh, primarily customer service, uh, sales, and some special projects. As you mentioned, I went to Celtic in, uh, in 2014, became president in 2016. On the Celtic side, we're focused primarily on the intermodal part of the business, but we are uh, part of Transplace, which is a a transportation management company with a number of different transportation parts, and we are the intermodal portion of the company. Do you still live and work out of Green Bay then? I live in Green Bay, but I work out of our uh, headquarters in Tinley Park, Illinois, so on the very south side of Chicago okay. is our primary office. We have about 85 people in that office, and we have another five offices around the country, which uh, were over 210 people uh, that work for Celtic today. So, of course, the reason I ask is because I'm a, a big Packers fan. So I'm very excited whenever I meet anybody who is from Wisconsin, much less from Green Bay itself, the Mecca. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, in Green Bay, I always ask people ask me if I'm a Packer fan. I will generally say, well, what else is there to do? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it would be difficult to live there and not be a Packers fan. It seems like the town kind of revolves around that. Well, that's for sure. That's for sure. It's a, and they've done a lot of great things there. Um, in the last 10 years, the stadium, or the last 15 years, the stadium's been updated, and and this team has acquired a, a good portion of Green Bay around the stadium uh, to kind of continue to figure out ways to make money outside of just football. It's been many, many years since I've been in Green Bay, and so I know that things look completely different from when I was there watching Brett Favre play a Monday night football game against the Eagles, Jeff, and we lost. It was terrible. That sounds like a good loss. That sounds, that sounds good to me. <laughs> 
Well, so getting back to the issue at hand, Doug, can you kind of tell us some of the changes that you've seen in the intermodal industry in the last few years? Um, you know, I, I know that retailers at least have, you know, complained to me about costs and wait times and all of that. What are some of the reasons behind some of these changes that people are seeing? Well, the industry in general, I think there's, um, see, we've seen a lot of growth, uh, particularly uh, in the last few years, uh, intermodal's grown significantly, uh, even with changes from the railroad. But a lot of that growth has been driven by the uh, lack of trucks, uh, over-the-road truck drivers, particularly over-the-road truck drivers that uh, will go more than 750 miles. So that's very difficult for uh, companies to recruit and keep those drivers. And Intermodal really steps in and plays a replacement for a truck, particularly on loads that uh, are 750 miles or greater, or in uh, some of the cases that we're looking at here, where you're going cross country to two to 3,000 miles, economically, the train's going to be a much better option. Uh, we have seen in the railroad side, we have seen some uh, changes uh, in how the railroads uh, view uh, the world, and they have uh, uh, implemented uh, what's called precision uh, railroading. For example, a couple of years ago, CSX, uh, under new uh, leadership, implemented a lot of changes that reduced some low-volume lanes, uh, eliminated some low-volume ramps. And really, the effort is how do they become more efficient running locomotives across the country? And it's created some challenges uh, both for us and our customers. Speaking of, uh, Jeff, what changes have you seen in getting hot tubs sent to you in the last couple of years? Wow, yeah, we've seen the, the time increase over the last couple of years. In fact, uh, I was sharing with you earlier that it was 2017, right around Christmas time, that uh, all of a sudden the loads were taking, you know, they used to always take eight days. And when it was over the road, it was it was pretty much, it would take about six to seven days. So it was no big deal for us to go intermodal. We were told it would take a little longer, but now it takes on average about 14 days. And that, that all started in uh, 2017. When that happened, we just had to change the way we, our timing to the customer. You know, it added a week, but it, it hasn't been terrible. It's been, we've been able to work with it. It's not been something that we couldn't change. I wish it was, you know, five or six days less, but it is what it is. And and the savings is so, uh, is so big that you really have to weigh the customers being frustrated with the money you're saving. And like I said, in our case, we we don't have a whole lot of complaints about it. More, more so from inside the company, from salespeople. You know, they're they're wanting to get their spas delivered. Of course, Doug. What what is going back to what you said earlier? So you were really on the long haul side, trucker side for many years, right? You you just got over to the intermodal side. Uh, even though the Schneider has a significant uh, intermodal group, I work in that group for probably the last uh, seven eight years. I was there. Okay. Um, so I've been in the intermodal area for quite a quite a few years. Yeah. Chris Wilkes has always been just terrific. And uh, one of the things he shared with me a few, a couple of years ago when we were wondering all this was, you know, a sort of a perfect storm of the economy getting better, uh, not having enough truckers on the road to move the product. And then all these freight increases uh, that were coming across to move that, you know, the freight was getting so expensive that a lot of companies said, hey, we're going to start using intermodal. So it, it became very popular uh, again. And, and we actually started using intermodal probably about 10 years ago. We were really enjoying the benefits. And like I said, we were just seeing a you know, a day push. Uh, so it wasn't, wasn't a big deal, but like I said, now it's, it's, uh, seems to be in full swing. 
What what are some of the factors that you see? Are you would you pretty much agree with Chris on that, or what are some of the additional factors of why uh, it's taken a little longer? I think there have been some changes within the railroads to focused on their efficiency. And they've been challenged just on how do they be, have a reliable service. So uh, at Celtic, we work with oh roughly a hundred or eight hundred customers, and our customers like yourself will generally be understanding. They want a reliable service. They want to be, if the service is uh, 10 days, they want it to be 10 days all the time, not uh, seven days one time and 20 days later. So that's certainly been a challenge for the railroads, especially as volume picked up last year. It's created, a, they've had issues in the ramps, etc. So one of the things that the expectation of precision, you know, using precision railroading is to become more reliable. Now that is certainly our hope. As we talked a little bit, uh, one of the challenges that uh, we have is just the weather. Flooding is currently an issue that we're seeing in Midwest. That will cause some delays in the service. But once the tracks are repaired, we should, you know, certainly the hope is to get much better in terms of reliability. In terms of reliability, one of my biggest frustrations uh, is really after I feel you've done your job, even though I'm sure your your job is to, you know, when you pick it up in San Diego and get it to me in Philadelphia, you would see that all. But I know sometimes, you know, your partners on either end can be can be uh, tough sometimes. And that's, that's, that's also been my frustration. You guys have done a terrific job, but sometimes communicating. And like you said, you don't want to, if you're going to be, you know, four days later, then, you know, if it's going to be 14 days instead of 10 days, let us know, you know, because from our end, it's just so hard to plan, but we make no promises anymore. That's for sure. To the customers, we just wait until we get it in, but it is, it is interesting. Uh, You have to have a lot of faith in the people on the on the other end, when it gets to Philadelphia, that they get it from the tracks, from the ramp to my store. So our philosophy in working with trucking, uh, the drayage companies, which is the companies that do the pickups, and then uh, in California, we do the delivery in Philadelphia. We try to have uh, two or three that we work with in each area, maybe more in Chicago and Southern California. But in many of the ramps that we serve, we would want two or three that we have a very good relationship with. Uh, we have commitments. And then the other part, you will you hope to get to a point where you'll see some of the same drivers that they become familiar with your business. So we make commitments to those carriers because uh, we know there'll be benefits for our customers as a result of that. We did have that. We would have drivers that we got to know them and they love the load. They love to bring it to us because we would have, we could unload it and we usually can unload a truck in about 30 minutes. That allowed them to do, you know, go back and get more trailers and, and get more done that day. Yeah, we that was really a, a good time when we had that. And that's why, you know, about two and a half, three years ago when all of a sudden that changed and now it's a different driver and what have you. And it, it sounds like I'm complaining. I'm not complaining. I'm just sharing with you the differences in it. Relationships are really important. That's for sure. And that, that's nice to know that you're, like you said, you're trying not to just be, uh, not be beholden to one person on, on at a ramp that you could have uh, different people that you can work with. Yeah. We don't want to have 20 people or 20 carriers, but we want to have two or three so that we have options and that we're meaningful to that carrier. I would, if I could, comment a little bit. One of the big changes that the transportation industry saw last year was the uh, implementation of ELDs or electronic logging device. It's really had a big impact, and it's limited the driver's uh, work time to eleven, roughly eleven hours. When within that work time, they also have to take breaks, twenty-minute break in the first eight hours of their work day. Uh, with the electronic porting, there is no um, no wiggle room around that. So 
we certainly have seen that impact capacity. And it does put customers like yourself, Jeff, you know, if you can unload a driver in a half hour, it, it means a lot because most drivers, most drivers doing these deliveries, they're getting paid by the kind of like the, the, the delivery. They don't get paid by the hour. And so the more they can do in a day, the more loads they can pick up and deliver, uh, the more money they make. Time for a break. When we come back, Jeff and I talked to Doug some more about the trucker shortage. Marquis Vector 21 Hot Tubs feature Vector Optimized Laminar Therapy, VOLT, which delivers up to 40% more flow volume, specifically engineered to achieve laminar flow. Variable Velocity Valves, V3, throttle 0 to 100% of the available water flow between multiple seats or to only one seat. Conal Jet Pods are softer on the skin surface. Directional Jet Pods offer more targeted sensation to the muscle mass. Orbital jet pods rotate dynamically to create a kneading sensation. Specialized massage seat configurations include deep tissue, relaxation, shiatsu, or Swedish massage. The Whitewater 4Jet is a high-flow therapy innovation located in the footwell to enhance the benefits of leg and foot massage. Visit MarquiseBoz.com for more information. A, uh, a Washington Post article said that we would need something like 50,000 new truck drivers to satisfy the current shipping demands, which just seems a huge number to try to overcome. Are we just shipping way more stuff now? Or is it a combination of we're shipping a lot more stuff and trucking, being a truck driver is not a is not a job that people seem to want anymore? Uh, well, it's both. I think it is uh, more 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 volume, and it is not a kind of a job that people want to do. Usually, I'm at, uh, at a big event. Let's say there's two or 300 people at an event, and the speaker may ask, uh, you know, how many people want their kids to be a truck driver and want their nephews to be a truck driver or nieces. And generally, there's not a lot of hands going up. Sure. And uh, it's a difficult profession that, uh, frankly, when I started at Schneider 40 years ago, some of the drivers made about as much as a driver averaged in salary, you know, 40 years later. Clearly, the uh, pay has not kept up with inflation mm -hmm. for drivers, uh, although there were significant pay increases to drivers by many carriers in the last two years, which is Great. I think they, they deserve every uh, penny. The drivers uh, uh, work hard. I want great drivers out there because we all share with the road with the drivers in every big city and every highway you're on. You know, it's funny because when I started you know, researching this, I, I had assumed that with the shortage that, that truck drivers could now make a lot of money, that it was, you know, they were just so desperate for people that they were just throwing money at it and trying to get more people and paying them a lot more. But when I looked, it did not necessarily seem to be the case. <laughs> and so I was, I was a little surprised at the rates that they were still driving at. But again, you know, they get paid more that means that people like Jeff on the end of it are also paying more, that those costs keep going up, which, you know, no one necessarily wants either. Correct. That's the uh, challenge. I'd like to pay all the drivers $30,000 more a year, but it's hard to get that through to you know, every customer. And everybody's got their own budgets to manage. So I understand that something like that won't change overnight. But it certainly is a big challenge. The average age of the over-the-road truck driver is over like in his mid-50s. So there's just not enough replacement drivers coming into into the industry. So I guess that is one of the nice things about being able to use an intermodal service like like you guys is that you're not solely dependent on a truck to get it from point A to point B, but yet you still 
you still can't do it without the truck. It's the truck still has to get it from <laughs> the manufacturer to the train and from the train to the retailer. But it's generally easier to find drivers because they're home every night. Sure. Long haul truck driver, they may not be home, you know, every 10 to 14 days. And so that lifestyle is much more challenging than a lifestyle where they're home every night of the week. So that's that's why I think you'll we've certainly even last year we had there were some challenges with our providers on the Dre side finding drivers, but generally up until last year there was a good supply because it was a good place for a driver who was tired of being on the road, tired of being uh, gone, or his family was tired of him being gone. It offered a solution, and uh, so we, up until last year, hadn't seen an issue in that short-haul driver market. I kind of feel like I breezed by this a little bit in my earlier question, but I mean, so with Amazon and, you know, I... I get blue apron. And so my groceries are coming, you know, in to my front door. Are, are we just shipping more stuff now than we have in the past? I think so now, not, not all of that touches people that do full 53 foot. You know, most of what I do is either 40 foot containers or 53 foot containers. A lot of the uh, world today with Amazon can ship and your door is shipping in smaller packages. Sure. Right? They certainly have created Amazon's a, a you know significant customer that many people deal with, and, and they're moving product from their DCs or into their DCs. I would say that there's certainly more more stuff shipping than ever before. Um, just all various package, various uh, delivery requirements, and some are delivering in a van or a, with your postal service, and others are delivering on a 53 foot container. Sure. Or, you know, just been some random guy's Prius. <laughs> yeah. You know, Doug, we we um we get a little more than well, somewhere between fifty and sixty truckloads a year. So when Watkins explained to us that we could save as much as eight, nine hundred to a thousand dollars on a load, that was just a no brainer. Saving that kind of money on a truckload was was huge. But what what are some of the what are some of the reasons for savings like that from over the road to doing the intermodal? What, what what's what, what why is there such a big difference? I think the, if you look at a, a container train, if everything goes right, there might be two hundred and fifty containers on uh, one train with a couple locomotives traveling across country. That's two hundred and fifty less drivers that are covering that very same route. I think that's the the biggest savings really is in that portion of the move where the where the railroads uh, able to put 250 of them on a train and that's really what the railroads are figuring out trying to focus on is how do they create bigger trains that will allow them to be more efficient so i think that's the that's the main savings part of it is uh, the fact you can put that many of them a train i think again don't i'm not 100% sure but they may have in that case, uh, at any one time, they probably have four, two to four people operating that train versus 250 drivers. You keep hearing about driverless trucks and cars and crazy stuff like that. Is that something we're going to be seeing anytime soon? can even imagine, but uh, I think you will see in the next, uh, certainly next five to 10 years, you'll see trucks, uh, driverless trucks going down the highway. Uh, maybe not in your city, but maybe from on the interstates or something like that, that I would not be surprised at all. And that's really one way around it. But you still, in that case, you'd have a significant fuel truck cost in operating a truck coast to coast. So I, I think the economics for extremely long haul moves are still going to be 
to the uh, intermodal side, even uh, even as uh, driverless uh, trucks may come to the market. It's kind of a scary thought. Can you imagine having a giant truck without anyone driving it, rambling past you on the interstate? <laughs> yeah. And you're saying that's something we'll see in the next few years, not the next decade? Uh, we've seen some demonstrations. And again, it's hard for me to believe how it all works. But uh, I, I think the um, particularly on interstates, uh, if you've driven in parts of the, our country, uh, there's not a lot, a lot going on in many of these interstates for a thousand, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles. I could easily see it, it would be both safe and cost effective. So one of the things that's nice is that when the drage people bring the product from the, the yard in Philadelphia up to our store is they know that we will unload the truck in a half an hour. So, you know, our agreement with them is, hey, get here by seven. And we'll have you out by 7.30. And they like that because that allows them to go get more uh, trailers and deliver containers and get them delivered to uh, other people. It's, it is important to have a relationship with those guys at the yard because they're the ones that send the trucks out in the morning and, and can get, get us taken care of quickly. Because we like to use our delivery guys to unload the trucks. We don't like to have people standing around all day waiting for a truck. It's just, it's not efficient. Once in a while, they'll ship it over the road. The drivers, call, they're coming across the country and they're just like trying to plan out their day. And they're always stunned at how fast we unload the truck because they're like, no, we go to places where they have ropes and chains and it's one person and they have a bobcat, not a forklift. And it just, it takes three hours to unload a truck. So it's very, it's very funny, but that's, that's, uh, yeah, to us, it's just normal to get them undone as fast as we can. They want to do a good job. And like you said, if they if you treat the driver well, they will uh, treat you well. Uh, that's another, what we've seen in the last uh, 12 to 18 months is customers want to be a customer of choice. And, and a big part of that is how uh, drivers are treated, how quickly they can get in and out. So we, we appreciate that part. A half hour is amazing. Hey, Doug, thank you so much for your time, for giving us some insight into this whole world of intermodal and uh, some of the things that are going on right now and some of the things that are going to be changing and coming our way. And we just really appreciate the time you took uh, to share with us today. Great. I loved uh, chatting about the the, tra the uh, transportation industry and the intermodal in particular. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. So it was great having Doug on. I find all of this really fascinating. And it's something I personally have never had to deal with before. So it's a completely new topic for me to learn about. But when we were talking to other retailers for the magazine article, one thing they said is that they're really at the mercy of their manufacturer to a certain extent. Because even if they could find a better rate on their own, they end up being responsible then for making sure that person shows up the factory, it shows up at the factory on time. Um, and that in the end, it just isn't worth the headache. So I know you mentioned that Watkins recommended you guys move to Intermodal and using Celtic. So I, how are they involved in the choices that you have for freight? Well, in their case, you know, it's in their best interest to move the spas out as many as they can every day. Uh, you know, that they're, they, they want to get the spas out of their yard uh, and turn them. So they have a real interest to be able to have relationships. But in speaking with some of the people at Watkins, sometimes it's frustrating, especially this year where you know, they could be two miles from the factory to come pick up a load of spas and their phone rings and they're offered several hundred dollars more to come get a load uh, at another place. I thought it was interesting. And the person I was discussing this with, 
they were saying it's just a classic case of not being a person of your word. And that's a huge thing. If you say you're going to come pick up a Lotus Boz, then you come pick it up and you get sold down the river for you know, just a couple hundred bucks or $500 because they can make a few more bucks. It's just a kind of dog eat dog right there. This has been great. Thanks, Jeff, for joining me on the podcast again and sharing kind of your personal experiences with intermodal and freight and all of that. Let us know what you think about this episode and others by emailing podcast at sparetailor.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 405-992-0160 and we'll listen to your question on the air. And if you're so inclined, please also leave us a review. Thanks. Bye-bye. The Spa Retailer Podcast is produced by Spa Retailer Magazine. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SpaRetailer.com, and the Spa Retailer app. Please leave us a review and let us know what you think or email us at podcast at SpaRetailer.com. Thank <laughs> you.